everyone, and welcome to a special episode of The Common Room. Uh, this week, today is International Women's Day, uh, and I have with me three of the four players that we had for our episode last week, uh, our special International Women's Day episode with our wonderful all-lady team. Uh, so I will just get everyone to go around and reintroduce themselves in case people have forgotten whose voice is whose. Um, and then we'll get into a bit of a chat about women in TTRPGs and the kinds of things that maybe we have an understanding of or have different opinions of uh, compared to those that people might normally hear. Uh, so I'll just get everyone to go around and introduce yourselves uh, just so that everyone knows who we are. And then we'll get into some chats. Okay. Hi, everyone. My name is Debbie, and I DM'd the Ooze Extravaganza. I am Kate. I played Trillis in our episode. I'll also be, like, kind of running and asking all the questions today uh, because we are all ladies, so Ross is not here to do that. Uh, my name's Kiralee. I played Mac in our Cool Uzi episode, and I was very cool. I was very cool when we met the astro- astronomy um, amazing human. I was very cool about it. <laughs> Super cool. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and hey, I'm Joe. I played Meredith in the Ooze Extravaganza, which I really think should be the name of the episode. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Uh, and if yeah. it and if it is, then well done. We had this conversation, and <laughs> they've gone back and done that, which is great. Um, you will notice that Kirsten is not here. Uh, unfortunately, she had to duck off because we are all busy people with busy lives. Uh, and so she cannot be here to have a chat. But um, I think I, the first thing I just want to say is congratulations to Kirsten for having her mm-hmm. first ever game of D&D mm. being on this special episode recorded forever. Um, and it actually links in quite well with one of the questions that I had from um, people because I put out on Twitter to ask people for, for their questions that they had for female players, female DMs. Now, I am specifically saying female here and not... Um, essentially what we mean is anyone who identifies themselves in as a, as a woman or in the non-binary category. Uh, all of us on this episode do identify as women. We all use she, her pronouns. So if we are talking about females and women, that's mostly because that's us talking from our own experiences. We can't speak from the experiences of non-binary people, people of trans experience. We can't speak to that. So we are pretty much exclusively today going to be talking about how we view. This is obviously just our opinions and our perspective. There are countless women, countless people who play D&D who will have slightly different experiences to us. Uh, so this is just the four of us talking about what we know and how we feel. Uh, Just an important thing at the start, because the last thing we want is for anyone to take offence at us expressing our opinions. So, um, but uh, one of my friends did ask, um, a lot, three out of the four of us have been DMs before. Um, Debbie, you just DM'd for our game. Uh, Kiralee, I know that you DM for kids games and other games like that. And I've DM'd for one shots for friends. Uh, Joe, sorry, this probably isn't necessarily directly at you, but uh, I'm sure you'll have things to contribute. Um, How do you help newer players who are nervous to ask questions and look maybe unsure or unsure about what they can and can't ask, especially when those players are female players for whom it might have already been a struggle to feel like they can come to the table um, and get involved in something like D&D or any TTRPG? Oh, I don't know if I even do it consciously. I think that it's an innate part of my personality that I want people to feel comfortable. And as a DM, it's my responsibility to make sure people have the knowledge and the feeling of safety within my games. So in terms of the technique, I suppose I try and show that I, as a player, like as the DM, I'm still playing in the game. I'm still there as, a, as an equal party. I'm not the boss. 
I'm a facilitator. And mm. I think that is a really important thing to help other people feel comfortable within that because it very much can get into this dynamic where the DM is the ultimate, all the rules boss person who has a greater power like dynamic than everyone else. And I want people to not feel that that's the case. Yeah, I'm, I'm anti the I am the DM, what I say goes mentality. I'm it, That's not how I've ever done it. Um, I was a new player not that long ago. I never put, before we started D&D Doctorates, I'd never played a game between us choosing to start it and us actually recording. That changed a lot. Uh, sorry, Joe. <laughs> um, but I think like as a player, um, there definitely is a weird dynamic when someone doesn't think about it like that, when they don't think about mm. the fact that their players maybe aren't necessarily comfortable at the table no, for not necessarily and, reasons that they have ever experienced for themselves. No, and I think it can be quite obvious as well where that assumption of power is off. So I've definitely played in games where it felt like the DM was instructing it as though they were the, the powerful being. I don't know how to say it other than powerful being. It sounds like some sort of, I don't know, like warlock patron. But um, I've been in those games and I have felt uncomfortable. And so that might be a reason why I specifically try to show that, you know what, I make mistakes too and I have to ask questions of you. And so hopefully that means you feel okay in those situations too. Yeah, um, yeah I, I agree. I, so I didn't have any friends who played. So my first experience of D&D was DMing. I think one, one of the things I use at every one of my tables, like from random people on the internet all the way down to my very best friends where we've watched each other give birth. Not that I have children. I've watched other people give birth. But, like, people I know incredibly intimately all the way to people I meet and then play with within 10 minutes is I use a lot of safety tools. Um, and even in games where I'm a player, I make sure there are safety tools. So if the DM doesn't know about them, I talk to that DM and I make sure we're using safety tools. So, for example, um, because essentially, like, whenever you're being an actor or you're learning improv or in other sort of communities where people are taking on roles there are like rules laid down about what you are and aren't allowed to do in those spaces. And a, a lot of that is because you don't know if a line has been crossed until that line has already been crossed. And so the safety tools basically work to try and try and keep everyone safe by making sure we all know each other's lines not to cross. So one of them is like a, a anonymous survey that gets sent out and the information comes back to the DM and that survey just lists so many different um, things that somebody might not want in a game from um, like people talking about different types of abuse or um, uh, like drugs alcohol all the way down to I um had a really significant back injury falling off a horse and so I am not super okay in role playing like riding a horse and it's kind of silly and until somebody really talks to me about it they wouldn't know but it it really does like like that's the end of the day for me if if I'm put in that situation so um so then the DM would then share then shares not who has those triggers but what those 
lines are for the whole table. Um, and then there are some other other good safety tools. If you're looking for safety tools, you can just Google like D&D or TTRPG safety tools. And there are so many different ones and there are ones you can have at the table. So you might know, you might not know what's going to upset you. I didn't know that I didn't like riding horses in pretend until I played the Witcher on a video game and I got th- I got thrown off the horse and I have not played the Witcher since. So like you might not know what a trigger is going to be. So there's um, other things you can do within the game. But basically my rule is if a DM doesn't have that, then don't play at that table. Like it's really that simple. Or if they're not open to adding that to the game. If, if they're not open to it and they don't have it, then you already kind of have an understanding of the dynamic you're walking into. Yeah, I've certainly used lines and veils, um, veils being slightly different in that, like, so for example, I am needle phobic, uh, have been for a long time. Um, I'm okay with the idea of needles existing in the world, but just don't describe it heavily when it comes to my character, basically. Like, that can exist, I will be fine, but I need you to not intricately describe what's happening <laughs> because, I, again, like you say, Kiralee, I'll be done. Um, and I think I've played with a lot of new players, and I think for me, it's one of those things of just if you have everyone's safety in mind um it makes it much easier and you become much more approachable um i've always said because i've only ever played as a dm online um what i've done is basically said my messages are open but they are open for your safety for your questions you don't have to ask everyone you can just slide into my dms um and ask your question because it may be that I haven't clarified it properly. It may be something I haven't thought about. It may be something that someone else is doing that you aren't comfortable with, but you're not comfortable saying it in front of them. Like I make myself someone who is open and available for questions and comments and afterwards for yeah. critique, because if you have a problem, I can't fix it unless I know about it, basically. Um, and I, I think that's become especially a thing that a lot of my the female players in the games I've DM'd for have used just to be like, hey, just want to clarify this and whatever. Um, And we use debrief sessions afterwards, so often we'll finish and then for the next half an hour, 45 minutes, I'll just stick around online um, and they can talk about stuff that happened, ask questions about stuff that happened or whatever. Yeah, and it's it's good to have that anonymous... me. um, Or it's good to have that check-in because, like, I'm... Yeah, sure, I'm a woman, right? But also I'm white. So when I have people at my table who come from different cultural backgrounds, there are a whole bunch of other ideas and triggers that I might be fine with, like, in my game and might not be a problem but would be a problem. Like, you just... It's not even phobias. It's just whole sort of cultural things that you just don't think about until somebody... Um, like points it out and so being open to that and it's a good litmus test as a DM for if you're going to have if you want to play with a group because if they say if anyone in the group is like this is silly why would you do this and you you know explain the concept and they're still not okay with it then they're not in the group and that is a an interesting concept as well because it means that there are a lot of tropes in D&D, which people, which are written into the law, into the like main books and things like that, which people aren't comfortable. So one thing that I didn't know I had a problem with is I'm mixed race myself. And so when sometimes, not everyone, sometimes when I play with someone who is either a half elf or a half orc or something, that comes across 
the way that they um, are playing it from player to character mm. seems to be fetishizing the mixed raceness of it. And I feel extremely uncomfortable with that, knowing what that's like. So for me, I can, it, it, that's, they're not even necessarily doing it consciously or anything like that, but I did not know how much I didn't like that until I started playing it. But it's also not something that happens every time. So I've played with lots of half elves and they're, they're just half elves. It's not like, it's not a, a weirdly yeah. sexy thing or anything like that from how they play it. So in looking at that though, I can tell that the types of people who do that, regardless of whether it's conscious or not, are just not the types of people I will be choosing to play with because it can come across in lots of other ways. It's also hard to tell people not to do that because they don't know that they're doing that. And I'm more than happy to say, by the way, when you do it, it's like this. And if they're open to it, sure. But a lot of the time when people naturally do that, they're not open to changing. Yeah, which is never like, this is a collaborative game. Um, and I think that's become a thing that I've, I've paid a lot of attention to. Um, I know Joe wants to say something, so I'm just going to like let her cool, calm her down and then she can come back in with whatever you wanted to say, but it's okay. Kiralia, I was just wondering how you find this kind of safety tools and this kind of um, safe space DMing, how does it work for you with the adults versus the children? Do you see kind of a difference between the two or um, are they the same? Kind of just so how depending does it work on the you? age of the kids. So I play literally from three-year-olds up. So um, very much depending. And and to be clear, not D&D. We play uh, basically a type of role-play game that has dice, like very, very open um yeah so i'm not like making them get a player's handbook um but uh i absolutely use this with them a hundred percent and the talk with the real little kids are just about um you know often i'm like this might get a little bit scary this might get this might not make you feel a little bit um like not good if that's happening this is what we're going to do. And so I say I get them to talk to me because often it's scary for adults to, um, it's scary for even adults to like put a, a, you know, make a move, like put a card out on a table or do something when you're mm. uncomfortable. So I, I say if anything's happening that you don't like, talk to me. Either you can shout across the table because kids also like to shout or you can like grab my hand and just look at me. You don't <laughs> even have to say anything. No one, you know, no one should should feel yucky. So I kind of use that like yucky kind of aversion language because kids are afraid of the dark. Kids are mm. afraid of clowns. Kids are like, it's, there's like sort yeah. of, you don't really know. However, I will say my most gory Dean like games have been with very young children. They really love leaning into that. So yeah. And then with, um, with sort wow. of, um, anything from about year four and up I do the full full process like you just don't know what things kids have experienced mm. and so I do the full safety safety list I was gonna say I, because I'm a teacher so I just feel like modeling consent is really important and that's just one way of of doing that and so mm. I, I think everything is a teachable moment so I don't I don't do that to get it over and done with I do that as part of like as part of the whole experience of, of having this game. We sort of touched on a little bit so I'd kind of like to go back to it um, I know that I've experienced situations where people have played characters 
that do not match their own experience, which I don't have a problem with. That's not that's not what I'm I'm anti here, but are very much lent heavily into stereotypes that aren't necessarily productive. Let's say that stereotypes mm-hmm. for the, for a reason. Stereotypes. Um, there's only so many bucks and bar wenches that want to hit on the, the adventuring party that I can stand. How do, how do people find the issues surrounding this? I mean, Joe, obviously, you we don't really run into it a lot on D&Doctorates no, a lot, but I know that you've played a lot really of good. online roleplay yes, stuff. Yes, I have played so. World of Warcraft for many years, so I have lots of experience with this. Because, um, yeah, actually, they did a study a couple of years ago, and um, they found that a lot of men play female characters, like a really high percentage, and women tend to play female characters. So, yeah, it's men that tend to do it. Because I was trying to think about this before, and if we're talking about women in role-playing games, it's it's a lack of representation through the players, not lack of representation through the characters. Nope. There are plenty of women characters. A lot Mm -hmm. of them are just played by men. Mm Mm-hmm. It's why you end up seeing, like, I know a lot of World of Warcraft memes are like, um, you know, the the sexy armor where they, Mm -hmm. like, it's literally protecting nothing kind of thing. But that's mm-hmm. why you end up with that kind of those kind of tropes. I mean, I stand we by. We would not Arma be designing needs, men. No. Armor needs to be straight up and down, guys. Otherwise, there's yes, all these deflection points. You're just gonna get a mm. bullet in the mm-hmm. face. Like, yep. no, we all wear flat armor too. Like, yes. it's fine. Hundred <laughs> percent, right? Yes, and it definitely needs to cover your stomach. Come on, people. Hmm. <laughs> yes, I'm just gonna put my boobs boobily in the way. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, like, Oh, that's not how physics works. What? What? Crazy. No. But that's, my that's, de- yeah, yeah, but that's by kind my of breast. largely where it comes from. It's that yeah. community of players online who play female characters because they like to, I don't know, like I had one a guy, one of my old friends tell me that he played female characters because you spend all of your time looking at the back of the character. And I was like, oh, I mean, oh. okay. I love that every single also, one of us uh, just pulled a face of like, no. It's interesting. <laughs> In one like, of... Like half joking, but still. Did you know that like, in one of the original versions of D and D, and I don't know enough about it. And just to be clear, like there are so many tabletop role playing games, and and the the like the medium is <laughs> so broad now. Like there's so many different things, and and some of them are completely written by yeah. by mm-hmm. women um, or like non-binary people, and some of them like. Uh, Monster Hearts um, is by, like, an amazing female creator. Like, anyway, there's so many. But did you know in, like, one of the first versions of D&D, if you played a female, your if you played a woman, your character had, like, a max strength it could get to, which was less than the, the male, and had extra in charisma because that's the beauty stat. Yep. I knew about this and I got so mad. I got so angry. <laughs> like unreservedly angry. <laughs> like That's also why we need more female writers. Basically. Yeah. Well, it's not even necessarily just need more female writers, but that is a major difference in how things are written when you have female voices within it. So we'll be like, you, you can't do that. Diversity is important, people. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And I mean, we we will not today, just for clarity, get into the current debate in the land that is Wizards of the Coast and D&D about race and stats and stuff because it's not our place really given that of the four of us three of us are white 
like capital W underline white. Um, I so... have to actually fun story about how white I am. I went up a shade of whiteness <laughs> in my foundation. As in I you realized. went down a number? Like yep. you got whiter? I am yeah. not light, which is generally the lightest colour. I am fair. And I was like, great. <laughs> yeah, so we're not gonna touch on that today. Um, as I say, we're gonna we're gonna try and stick a little bit um, away from that. But I think it is absolutely true that that is the the lack of players and I think it actually really speaks to the lack of player comfort. Um, because if you're gonna rock up to a table and you are going to be the only woman at that table, in the other game that I play in every week, I am the only woman at that table at the moment. Um well, I'm one of two, but one of them only plays every second week and we have two different campaigns running. And when I am the only woman at that table, there are things that are sometimes said and I'm like, mm-hmm. I am really glad that I am in my house by myself mm-hmm. playing via the internet because if I wasn't, one of you would have gotten slapped by now. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm a, I'm a strong independent woman um, and therefore I am okay to stick up for myself. I've been... I mean, I am uh, my, the the field of science that I studied is very highly male dominated, and all of the stereotypes that go along with that. Um, I am used to being the only woman in the room. But if you are going somewhere to have fun, tell a story. Sometimes the the TTRPG room isn't the room you choose to walk into. You might yeah. choose something else, and that's not necessarily because you don't want to do it. Because you do. That's kind of why you're there. But it makes it really hard. Um, I think. And I was listening to someone on TikTok talking about women uh, women streamers um, and how, like, when they are streaming games, sometimes they don't tell the people that they are playing with what gender they are and they actually, some of them use voice modification software so mm-hmm. that they don't sound like themselves. And yep. I'm like, that is not okay. It's like, not it's okay. okay, but it's not okay that that's necessary. I think as well, when you're the only woman in a room, um, there's that element of, am I going to be allowed back? Um, so I think there's uh, there's like a, a un, kind of unconscious pressure almost for you to be the best at something or be competent at something because you're like, okay, I have to be good because I'm sort of proving that women should be welcome in this space and if I'm not competent, if I'm not good, then I'm not going to be allowed in the space but also women won't, like others won't be allowed in the space. And like that's, it may not necessarily be true and it may not be what's on the other players' minds at all. They might just be like, cool, extra person, hooray. But because I think we've been conditioned to, you know, to expect a certain kind of reaction from, you know, things like... There was a study that um, CPAS, the Centre for um, Public Awareness of Science, did years ago about um, female science presenters and male science presenters on YouTube and how the comments differed. And they found that female scientists had... Um, more comments about their voice, their appearance, their what they were wearing, um, how they looked, all of that kind of stuff. Whereas, and very little about like their content. Whereas men had more comments about the content of the video rather than the you know even the appearance. if the scripts were the same. Even if even the scripts, if were, the scripts were the same. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think you know through that and through the streamer thing that you just mentioned, Kate, we're just you know conditioned to expect a certain reaction so there's that added pressure when we're the only you know person in the room of that you know that identifies as a woman there's like extra extra pressure 
Yeah, it's like we we carry the burden of yeah. if we do wrong, that reflects yeah. on all women. Whereas if mm-hmm. a man in that room does wrong, it just reflects badly on him as a person. It's one of the few and only times they'll say, not all men. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, absolutely. all yeah. women, but not all men, <laughs> yeah, right? But not yeah. all men. <laughs> and like I said, like the men in that room may not be thinking that. And that no. may be like so far from their minds. Um, but it's and then on top of that burden on top of the burden of knowing that if you do something wrong it can then reflect on all women from their perspective it's also it can be harder for us to find safe games as well so if you're like Mm -hmm. well this one's not that bad so you know it's better than the other alternatives there can be that kind of psychology going on as well yeah yeah i think and i mean as i said uh to all of you before part of the reason I wanted to do this was to put more like to, to have this discussion because I think it is important and it doesn't happen very often and at least it doesn't happen very often in a medium that people can listen to and hear um, it happens between <laughs> people like us all the time <laughs> it just yep. doesn't happen in the public eye so let's whack it out in the public eye it, it, yeah I was gonna say so because I've played um I've played in in sort of like the really bad like in my idea the like bad hot spots are like at game shops and at um conventions um because you're not anywhere near people that you know you're playing with strangers mm-hmm. and all the tropes come out like the anyone playing a bard that bard is getting it on with everybody anyone playing a girl there are huge assumptions every bar wench is like down for anything like it's 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 kind of rife and p- there are people trying to make those spaces better but i will say in general whenever i see anyone on tiktok on twitter even in youtube comments be like i've seen a lot about dnd i'd really like to play one day does anyone know how to get into it hundreds of comments hundreds of comments no matter who that person is there is so many people trying to like do the opposite of gatekeeping just be mm. like here are all the discords mm-hmm. you can join. Here's this, here's this. And like those things are happening, but I think people also need to remember then those places actually do need to be welcoming. Yeah. So if yeah. you send someone to a discord, that better be like a supportive place, easy to get around for a new person. If you say, oh, just like when I wanted to start, people were like, oh, just find out your local game. I went to my local games shop. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And my local games shop is lovely. The guys that run it, are very welcoming but it is a game shop there are comics there are minis it's so outside what my what i used to know as my world Mm. like just so outside you go in there are people playing um warhammer warhammer thank you there are people mostly guys sometimes a couple of girls playing like pokemon cards and warhammer and that's awesome and i'm a teacher so like I've always I've talked with my students about these different games they play. That's really cool. But it's such a daunting. It's like with anything else. It's like a daunting thing to just throw yourself in there yeah. and start. And so I think if you do see people, especially yeah, if you still see people being like, "How can I do this?" Try and like take them all the way to the point where you know they're in like. like you know help them walk through the door don't just say go to your local games club if if they're your friend take them to the local games club make a game like I often if I see someone saying oh I really want to play I'll say this is who I am this is my twitter I'm happy to throw a, a game together for you online if you want to not a lot of people say yes but but at least I'm like being like I know this will be a safe experience for you and 
yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I can actually, so personal experience, um, I have been a fully qualified, like, nerd, quote unquote, for a long time. Like, I, I got the stats to prove it. I got the, I've got the, the Doctor Who cosplay. Like, I, I am, I am here, right? <laughs> there is a games shop in the city in which I live that I have walked past like, I know exactly where it is. It is downstairs. It is in the basement of a particular arcade. I know exactly where it is. I've been there twice, but I was always with other people. I am 31 years old. About a month ago, I went to go there because I wanted to go and get something specific. I got to the top of the stairs and I turned around and I walked away because I did not feel yeah. comfortable going down those stairs by myself as a woman. I didn't feel comfortable doing it. That is ridiculous. That is not mm -hmm. a feeling I should have, especially not as someone who sits on the internet and like, you know, does D&D &D stuff on the internet. Mm. I should not feel that way. That's not something that I should feel, but I do. The only other time I've been to a game shop in the last five to 10 years, with the exception of there's a board game cafe in Canberra that I went to. The only time I've ever been there was with my partner. That's mm -hmm. it. I've never been to a game shop by myself. And that is because the second you walk in the door, you don't feel comfortable anymore. And it's not okay. Like online, I have great communities, great people I play with, like all of that. Second, I'm trying to do it in the real world. Mm -hmm. No. There's no an boy, extra no. added layer of vulnerability when you're in person mm -hmm. because online you can literally just like leave. Yeah. Yep. It's so yeah. easy to leave. Yep. Whereas in a shop when those physical bodies are there, it's it's much harder to be able to just leave or to get away or whatever it is. And so you don't have the safety net of, well, they're, they're behind a screen. They literally can't touch me. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. On the Game flip side stop, of that, stopping though. in basements too. Just generally yeah, exactly. stopping yeah, no, in basements. Stop in basements. Like, I don't like going into any basements. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> on the flip side, though, somebody who's played a lot of um, online games like World of Warcraft, um, which is pre pretty notoriously horrible um being behind that screen can actually make it a little bit easier for people to be horrible because there's no accountability mm. mm -hmm. yeah in person i feel like it's a little bit harder but um i don't know it's equally uncomfortable in both spaces i've been in like world of warcraft one of those places where you can like join a random group and then if you're not at a certain level they're just like you must be a girl get out or you play like a girl get out and then they kick you from the group and you're like cool what, why why do story, I do bro. this? Yeah. yeah. But no, I found a really and good community on online there now, so that's helpful. I'm <laughs> extremely lucky. Ages. I'm extremely lucky in the sense that um, all of the games that I play um, now, whether they're online or in person, are with people I know or people who are yeah. friends of people I know and mm -hmm. trust. And that's key. I think that's super important because that's one of the things that I'm like, I don't want to play online with strangers because I'm terrified mm -hmm. of it, mm -hmm. regardless of whether the outcome would be good or bad. Um, it's it's always that fear that I'm going to get into one of those situations where I'm ganged up on by a bunch of people who aren't going to hold back because they know that they're safe and protected behind that screen. And exactly. I'm just like, wow, yeah. I want to have fun. Yeah. I will say, and shout out to uh, to Ben and Ross, who are the the, the guys on our on D and Doctorates uh, with Joe and I, because at no point in playing that game. Like the four of us did not all know each other at the start. Like I yeah. knew Joe, Ross knew Ben, Ben and I knew each other. Like we didn't all know each other and yet it worked out fine and we, we all feel safe and we've tried to like, our whole thing is that the community that we foster is safe. We want everyone to, to be part yeah. of it. So, you know, not that I'm saying like we're the best, but like, no. 
shout out to people who are out there who do do the right thing because it does make a big difference whether they notice it or not. I mean, we were saying before we started recording, I have DM'd for women-only games, but this is the first women-only game I've played in. Jo, you said that this was your first women-only game, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, the only games that I've played in are Dungeons and Doctorates one and maybe, like, one or two before that, like, very casually, um, with a group of trusted friends as well. But, um, yeah, this is the very first all-female game I've played in. Yeah, the other two of you. So it's like I haven't had enough females to play with. Yeah, I haven't had enough women to play with all at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to be like, I single-handedly converted, like, all of my friends to playing uh, D&D and tabletop role-playing <laughs> games. So I do have this one group that is all, um, literally all mums. Um, so we're all friends from way back yes. and, and we're all, and so often there's, like, a newborn just hanging around while we're playing. And um, I got them to play sure. for, I convinced them to play all of them and nowhere near as nerdy as I am. And uh, I convinced them to play for my birthday and then they didn't want to stop. And it's been like more than two, two, yes. more than two years now. And uh, I've, I've, ne- we're, yeah. Uh, and I, but I, what I want to say about that game is that I think some people think that when we're talking about this and talking about safety rules and making a game nice for women to be in and blah, 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 they think we mean like there can't be sex in the game. There can't be dirty jokes in the game. Mm-hmm. There can't be violence in the game. And that's just not true. Like that game, those so women, true, oh my right? goodness, it is. <laughs> They're moms. Yeah. They, they, they got this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah it's intense. And like, yeah. it, and and it's fun. Like, it's okay. It's okay to like lean into to like silly stereotypes sometimes. It's okay to, mm-hmm. the point is the comfortability of like the table, like, well, yeah. I'll take mm, that yeah. back. I think there are some things that are just not okay, no matter the table. And it doesn't matter if you think you're just amongst friends. It's not okay to perpetuate racism and all these kinds of things. But in regards to like how far you want to take a dirty joke or those kinds of things, it's just about the com- how comfortable you are at the table and where. Know your audience. Yeah. No, no, yeah. Exactly. Know, know who you're with. And and knowing as a player and as a DM that if that does cross a line unexpectedly in whatever way, you mm-hmm. will stop and can stop. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, like on this topic, I mean, Kiralee, you've probably got the most experience by the sounds of things, but like how do we feel about the difference between, say, playing in games where, like, as I'm sure, although Joe, maybe not so much for you, we've all played in games where it's been male-dominated. How has it felt playing today in a female, like, I would say female-dominated, but, like, female-only game? How's that the same, different, et cetera, et cetera? compared like compared to this these other environments that we've been in before i mean i don't have much to compare it to but i felt like i felt really supported like i I don't know how to like quantify that though or like point out any one particular like we all jumped in we all jumped in and jumped on the same idea and yeah 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 and it wasn't like i didn't feel like there was a wrong answer if that makes any sense Mm -hmm. because i think sometimes it makes a lot of sense you can say something and just be like oh this is stupid you know this this isn't gonna go anywhere so I won't say anything um but I didn't really feel that today and I mean I'm not saying that I feel that in D&D just want to point that out there because you know me Kate I'm the new player on the on the crew I will ask questions if I don't you understand are the something. dose of chaos that uh-huh. Ross and I need it's <laughs> right yeah I will literally get the shirt off somebody's back or try to um and fail miserably but like yeah I don't know 
yeah, it's it's just it's a really different vibe, and it's nice. Yeah, I don't I don't know really how to. How I can't to really quantify it, it either because I've, yeah. I've I've never run a game for all women. Yeah, I've mm-hmm. never run a game that had more than one woman in it. And, right. Yeah. But then because I play with fantastic people who are, you know, totally about that safety from their perspective and like our perspective as women as well. But, you know, they they are really responsive. They are really empathetic. Mm -hmm. And and so I feel comfortable and I trust them. It's it's hard to then quantify that. Whereas I have definitely played one shots where I'm like, oh my goodness, this is so much better because I don't feel like anyone's going to leer at my NPCs, for example, or whatever, you know, and I think one of the things that I just got such a kick out of that game was when you went up to the Beastie Burger window and um, there was the NPC who was working there and all of you were like, you know what, your, your makeup is just Girl, perfect right now. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, yeah, women supporting women. I love it. I love it. Oh, that and was I so just, fun. I oh, thought was that so was really stupid. cool. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I don't think that would not happen in a game that was played mainly by males. I just don't think that's something that they would think of in the same way. Kirley, what do you think? Yeah, I, I. so there's always been lots of women at the tables that I've run. Uh, I guess the. I guess I would agree with Debbie, like, it, like, it, it kind of depends on the type of person as opposed, like, not necessarily the gender of a person. Like, if everyone's empathetic mm-hmm. and um, engaged in the safety tools and then, then you feel comfortable, like, it's the more you know people and and all that kind of thing. Mm. I I will say one of the differences I've found, and it it has been gendered for me, but I don't think it is gendered. It's just the experience that I've had is um, the difference between a table that wants like a lot of combat and a table that wants a lot of RP, um, a Mm. lot of role play. So uh, the Mm. game I played at my local game store was just combat. It was just combat. It was mm-hmm. no no connecting points. It was roll on a random table combat, roll on a random table combat. And I, like, it, it was a good learning experience for me. And it was, they were very young. Like, the DM was a 17-year-old guy. So, like, I wasn't, you know, planning to, like, ruin his entire world. And they were, they were very welcoming. But it was just, just combat. And so um, it was a fun table to learn on and to be on, but it wasn't fun in the way that I wanted to have fun, which was to explore my character. Mm. And um, I, yeah, so, uh, and I, I'm saying that's not gendered because at, at one of my tables, I've had one of the, the women at one of my tables, you know, express to me that she wanted more balance, she wanted more combat. So, like, it's definitely just about the type of person and how you want to play the game. Um, but that's the that's the biggest difference I can think of is that, like, um, I really like the parts of the game where it's characters exploring their backstory and and mm. and funny things and painful things and I guess I'm just like at one of those tragic ex um, like drama kids from high school that doesn't have like a theater to be on and so I'm just like this is my this is this is where I get all of that that wanting to be like. You know, yeah. acting in front of people yeah. out of so um, yeah, that's a major major difference I've seen. But um, that doesn't mean that there aren't women that want just like pure combat kind of games, and it doesn't mean mm-hmm. that there aren't guys that love role playing. I've played with both; there definitely are. And again, it's all about just communication and 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 I think one of the one things I would say that's really important is just because a table isn't 
where you want to be, it doesn't mean it's not an okay table. So, like, I didn't want to play just yeah. combat. It doesn't mean they should, like, get better at D&D. They're still playing their version of D&D, you know? That's fine. Yeah. 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 TTRPGs are for everyone. There are yeah. different ways to play different things. Hey, thanks for listening to The Common Room. If you have questions for the crew, you can find out how to submit them as well as a host of other information at dndoctorates.com. That's dndoctorates.com. If you've been enjoying Dungeons & Doctorates, please rate and review the show as well as telling a friend. It really helps. Yeah, the only thing, like, I think, because I was thinking about this question um, for a while, is that because we've talked a lot about, like, the safety stuff, and I think that that... I've, no, I've never been at a table where that hasn't happened at the start um, because when I'm DMing, I always do it. Um, and when I've played, that's always happened. Mm-hmm. But I have noticed that in games where I have had a female DM or a larger number of women at the table, those rules get reinforced more regularly and reminders mm-hmm. happen more often than they do sometimes at more male-dominated tables. And that's not anything necessarily to do with the gender. As you say, Kiralee, it might just be those people. But it does seem to be that the safety stuff is a little more front of mind when you have a, well, I I say women and and male-dominated. I don't actually necessarily mean that. What I mean is a bunch of cis men, um, really, uh, versus not that. And I don't know if that's just coincidental with the experiences that I've had, but it does, that does seem to be true. And I also think that like, I'm an improviser, that idea of jumping on the grenade and like everyone piling in on the idea and just going for it happens so much faster. And it might just be because there's a whole bunch of women who are all on the same table being like, yeah, let's do something stupid. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Um, And again, that might just be to do with who I play with rather than necessarily the genders, but it just happens that way. seems to have happened that way. I feel like this kind of gets back to something, Debbie, you said earlier where you were like, I've been at tables where I didn't feel um, heard or comfortable. And so I always make sure that I do that when I'm DMing. That could Mm. be just a lived experience thing, you know, like... yeah. Because we've we more frequently find ourselves in those kind of situations, which statistically is likely, um, and that might be different based on your experience. And you know, it's all the trend is there. Um, maybe that's that's kind of a reflection of of experience, like past experience. We've had those yeah. those experiences, and so we are determined not to create that for other people when we have control. Like we're like we're communicators as well so Mm. our experience might be different from a a lot of other women but I'm like I know the importance of body language and vocal tone to be able Mm -hmm. to see whether my players are okay and Mm -hmm. in actually just the last session we played um just something that happened two of the players I was like oh no they're really uncomfortable and I asked them about it and they're like oh we, we were loving the game it just got to that point where we were so cocky that suddenly everything was like oh we actually could die from this combat and they were okay with that but it was still they were like why did you why did you think something was wrong and I was like mm. because I saw you looked physically flustered yeah. and that is something that I'm continuously looking for when I'm trying to run those games also just to make sure people aren't bored but to make sure that they're comfortable as well I will say a, a person who I think is really good at doing that who is not a woman just for clarity um, is and I mean I am not a critical role person I'm not I'm sorry world you can be mad at me but I'm not I've tried I'm getting there slowly but like there's so much and it's so long and I just don't have time I'm no. sorry 
This is why our episodes are like an hour because it, I can do that. Um, I'm like, I can listen Matt to it Mercer on the bus is, in the morning and home. <laughs> Matt Mercer is really, really good at it and there's some really yeah. good um, obvious scenes that people have cut from it of like him checking in on like Ashley and things like mm-hmm. that where it's not even, he doesn't have to say anything, he just looks and like it's that little eyebrow raise or whatever it is, just being like, you good? Cool, we can keep going. And that kind of stuff I think is so valuable um, mm-hmm. that exactly. people kind of it, don't see. It is collaborative, as you said, which means that empathy is a big part of these games, even Huge. if traditionally that isn't something people have thought of. And empathy is not a women's thing. It's like everybody it's should have thing. empathy. Yeah. It's a basic standard human thing that we should be having. <laughs> But it's definitely it's definitely like a learning thing and that's why these games get used for neurodivergent people and and teaching students and there's so much that can be used and so it's not like like i i'm not saying that when something happens at the table that's it that person's gone they're out too so sad too bad they didn't listen they spoke over someone they said a sexist thing whatever it's not even like that it's it's about like it's a it's a learning i'm so much a teacher that's real bad i'm like it's a learning opportunity it's a learning opportunity it's about how they react to that. Hey, I say, hey, hey, room, uh, how many of us have taught people before or taught them something? Oh, wait, all of us. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, so um, I think it's, it's that teaching yeah. opportunity, um, uh, teaching and learning opportunity. And so people make mistakes. I make mistakes. I like, and, and like Debbie said, you're just always looking. I had a player. Um, I was, we were like in a cave. I was DMing and we were in a cave. So I had like dripping cave stuff. And I saw her like, like shiver. And before yeah. I even asked her, I turned off the music and I turned, I turned off the sound and I turned to her and I was like, how are you going? She was like, it was interesting because she was like, "Yeah, it was making me feel bad, but can turn it. But can you turn it back on? Because I was really like in the moment. Like she, she didn't mind feeling mm. a bit icked out, but I could see. You know, it's just about being switched on mm-hmm. and, and um, keeping an eye on that stuff. And you don't get it all the time, but that's why you have, you know, debriefs and." I was just going to say, I feel like we're making it sound like really complex, like a high wire walking act. It's, it's sort of... It's really not. It's, it's not. It's, it's not, not at sounds, all. And no. the first couple of times you implement safety tools, it, it can be a bit clunky and, and feel a bit like alien, but it's really simple. It's it's really as simple as just being like, everyone needs to be feel comfortable at the table. Saying that shows everyone at your table that there's the potential to that they might get uncomfortable and that you care about their comfort and then give them a, a way to deal with what to do. Talk to me, text me, mm-hmm. and then tell them what will happen. I will change the scene. You can tell me afterwards what I need to avoid. Like, it, it's really, it's it's not, I don't, yeah, it's really simple, but it's just something that often doesn't happen at, at certain tables. And this is not just a thing that happens with DMing either. Like as as players, we want we're having fun with our friends. It is like if you're having any other type of conversation with your friend. I know that like uh, don't get the science for me because I can't remember the science. Sorry. Okay. Um, but um, of the whole the way women talk to other women and the way men talk to other men is quite different. So yes. women call in response a lot more. We take turns. And for me playing in a game, I'm like, well, that's just natural. So if someone else is having the limelight, I'm like cheering them on. Go for it. Like, I love it. I'm not going to steal that attention away. But then if I see one of my friends in the game or one of the other players in the game who's not feeling well, I could I could be like, no, I don't want to go into that 
house or cave. And it just seems like a really normal thing for me to do because I'm looking after my friend. Um, but it's not a hard thing to do. It's just like, okay, I know in, in a normal situation, my friend doesn't like watching these types of movies and someone suggests it in a, in a movie party or something. I don't know if that's a thing, but a movie party. Um, and I'll, I could see that she's uncomfortable. And so I'd be like, no, I really don't like watching, like we don't want to watch gore. Can we watch something else? And mm -hmm. in, in it's just the same skill. It's the same thing you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think it's really hard. Like, it's, it's one of those things where it, it is hard to explain that to someone who doesn't communicate that way. Because mm -hmm. if you communicate in absolutes, in black and whites, in personal opinions, maybe you don't necessarily see that. And I know that there is a bunch of stuff around right now. I'm not all up on it, so I'm not going to go too deeply into this, but about using tabletop role-playing games to assist uh, children who fall on the autism spectrum um, to understand other people and to be able to do to see what like consequences from actions are and social ramifications and things like that because it's all play it's all fun there's no actual real world ramifications but it allows them mm -hmm. to understand those those ideas that that empathy that is needed and those kinds of things um, and all well, of those constant okay. debriefs really help with that when people have are more inclined to what that a form of communication oh i died oh that was because i did xyz i won't do xyz next time and one of the one of the cool things that does happen at those tables which is not necessarily a safety call but is cool to take is also a um, final question so a lot of those tables that use role-playing as therapy will have like a, a question to think about at the end um and that's also a good way to debrief if anything got near somebody's lines or veils or if anything even didn't but it was still somebody died or i don't know whatever the peak of emotion was in your game at the end it's good to like ask a question like um uh your character i don't know your character had to face the greatest fear. What would you, what would it have been if you had to grace? Like, like there's an interesting things where you can, can ask a final question and it sort of brings people back to reality, which is helpful. Like shedding character at the end of a game is sometimes an important thing to do, especially with students on the spectrum. And it also mm -hmm. like helps you start to integrate some of the things you've learnt from playing the game into your life just a cool thing to do. I do just kind of want to open up the floor though. I've talked, I've done a lot of question asking. No one needs to hear more questions from me. I've kind of had my stuff answered, wrapped up in other questions and the way we've talked about stuff. Do you have any questions for each other about things, be them DM related, be them player related, be them women in TTRPG in general related or anything hmm. we've talked about? I do have one. Um, so obviously being a DM, I create my own world and no matter like it's very typical fantasy middle earth style stuff with quite a lot of silliness to be fair um but one thing that i know my players have said to me not in a bad way but something they noticed they were like there's so many women in this world i was like there's not so many women there's like half women half men um but i also don't like to go into a lot of the like gender role, sexist, stereotypes, dynamics. I don't want them to be solving sexism in my world because when I play, I, I, I don't, you know, I feel that every day. I don't want it in my in my game. Um, so for a lot of other people, they find that breaks their immersion. So how, how do you feel about that? Uh, I actively noted to one of my DMs that we had not come across a single female other than the PCs. Uh, so I actually prefer when there is a bit more gender balance in my games. And also because it means that you don't end up with like the only women in the world are your barmaid and your like, you know, the wife of the mayor or whatever. Like mm -hmm. you, you end up with 
more interesting characters to talk to who are spread throughout your world. Um, that's my opinion on it. I like it. More peace. <laughs> Like I don't know, it might just be because we're women. I mean, I don't. Did we? But have I, I understand any men if we're in like today's game. No, no I. No. <laughs> the only mention was gore. I, to be fair, that was something that I had specifically chosen as a celebration of International Women's Day. Um, but yeah, would the story have changed? Would the story have changed if they weren't? I didn't notice that until I just said that. I was like, it, hang on, wait. wait. <laughs> no, we didn't. Nice. Like, which, which says everything, right? Like Exactly. It's just, and that's it. it we've been playing for a year and um, I can't even remember what it was, but they were suddenly like, oh, you know, the, the big bad person, she did blah, blah, blah. And when she talked to this person and she did, and they're like, hey, everybody, like all the important people are women. I'm like, they're not. I mean, there's one man, <laughs> but still. And all um, of you are men. So Yeah. <laughs> so... But um, yeah, it was it was kind of in the sense that I'm like, yeah, I'm happy for like big political power people to be women. I'm happy for women to be in roles that are traditionally male, even if all of the other things we're exploring within the world are traditionally historical things. Because I just don't, I don't get that in the other things that I'm doing. So for me, that's about putting representation into my own world. But I know some people find that jarring. I've had the same, I've had the same sure. sort of difference in game with um, with homophobia in games. So like, mm-hmm. I don't have it, but I played a game and at the end of my at the end of my like consent form for want of a better word, my, like, survey, I say, is there anyone that you actually do really want to, like, fight in this game? And um, in one game I had a person be like, yeah, like, I want to punch a homophobic person in the face. And um, it was really interesting and I I took that person aside and I talked to that person and I realised... They like they wanted the opportunity to like win out in that situation and actually um, mm-hmm. like conquer that situation, and so I thought that was really interesting. So I, I also have just so many women in all of the games that like all of the NPCs in the games that I play, and very little to no, no like sexism. Um, but I do mm-hmm. get that there are some people similar to racism. There are some people who don't want that in the game and then some people who want the opportunity to be that be that to be one of the things that you get to fight and overcome in the game yeah absolutely that makes sense and it's one of those things as well like i know a lot of guys do it in the same way as i do it i know what it's like to be a, a woman that's my experience and so i often do default default to female and sometimes i have to remind myself hey you need to put a couple of guys in there yeah yeah. There have to be dudes in your world, Debbie. There have to be dudes. You cannot they, have yeah. just women. It's not just women. I'm like, but the main one is a guy, right? The main NPC is a guy, so I can have like 10 other women. <laughs> Tokenistic male NPCs. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. Joe, do you have any thoughts? Not really. Hey, I don't have much experience in that kind of area I guess I just don't like I totally didn't even notice that all the characters today were female like it just didn't yeah it didn't twig until you said that Kate and I was like yeah. oh I see what you did there Debbie nice. <laughs> but, but I, I thought about it for a while hey. I think that's the other thing is that a good story mm. the gender of your NPCs usually kind of doesn't matter yeah so I think it is I think as a female player I notice when there aren't women in the world yeah, yeah. but 
as you were saying, Debbie, I don't know that I would, if I was a guy, I don't know if I would notice that I hadn't put women into the world more because I'd be like, but, but I've, I've just, they're, they're just people. Like, I, I don't know that they, they just are that way. And I know that some DMs who like to do voices for their characters don't feel super comfy doing yeah. female voices. Uh, our DM being one of those people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard. Like, I get that you don't mm-hmm. want to just be like, I'm going to do the girly voice and this is the girly voice and all of my girls sound like this. It's like, well, no, they don't, but that's fine. Hi, I'm a woman with a deep voice. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, um, and, and we so, like, can I suspend get our disbelief. You can use your real voice. It's fine. You can use your <laughs> voice. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can put on an accent and if, you know, in the same way that I don't think all dwarves have to be Scottish. Um, I did a game where I made my dwarf Irish because I could <laughs> and it was just like a complete I can because yeah because that's it I mean the rules are there to be massaged to suit you yeah they're exactly not, I mean um, this is collaborative and they're not even rules yeah. it's fine yeah. yeah yeah I mean do I want to make like a, a highly American tabaxi yes yes I do because I want them to look like an American like um uh, what's the there's the, like the de- the mountain cats the name is just gone for the type because I'm like that's what I want them to look like so they're American mm. because that makes sense to me <laughs> they don't all have to be French much as that's hilarious as somebody who's terrible at doing voices I like it's not it doesn't really matter to me that the voices aren't no it doesn't matter to me and I sense. love doing yeah. voices yeah like I I enjoy having different mannerisms and characteristics and accents and voices for all of my NPCs but I don't actually notice it very yeah. much at all if I'm in a game and whoever's running my game isn't doing voices as long as exactly. they're telling me who's talking I don't really care yeah yeah precisely yeah it's I wanted to just breaking. like um go back to the the thing that Kiralee was saying about um you know sometimes you want to overcome the things that you might not feel that you can overcome and um I've been in like I don't know if my experience is defined by being in games where there was um like within the world normal gendered roles and sexism and so when my character most of them are female did something it was responded to with that because that's how the world works um and I was like I hated that I felt really uncomfortable I was like look I get this in my everyday life I don't want this in my game Mm. but yes I do want to punch a sexist in the face. <laughs> I've just not actually been given the opportunity in a game. Yeah. But that could come down to who I've been playing with and things. And I don't play as a player very much anymore. If anyone wants to take me, you can. Um, and if the DM was we'll all for that, and guessed, cool. Don't worry, we'll have you guessed and you can be a player. Yeah. It's fine. We got this. And I um, can <laughs> punch someone. Yeah. Um, hey, 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 Ben, yeah. you need to write a sexist character <laughs> exclusively so that Debbie them. can punch them in the face. <laughs> but um, this is... This we'll is something that's been happening in my other game where I I actually didn't plan this I there was a, a kidnapping situation and somehow through the what the players had decided it turned out you know they'd investigated some stuff and come to the own conclusion that this was part of a slavery ring and I had not like planned that at all but all of them were so fired up about it of we need to get rid of this ring and they were so working together and I could tell and I asked them about it later and clarified because I was like I don't know if I want to go into that they were all like no we want to take this down because that's that's really important to us and there were a lot of women in the in the um who were being kidnapped Mm. and stuff and so for them they were like this is our moment of being able to protect people who can't protect themselves and it was not something that i had decided to write i'd come to that storyline on their own through their own interpretation and really wanted it and so i guess this is one of those moments where i'm like i had not wanted to have that in my game for them they did and i'm not uncomfortable with it as long as you know they're progressing in that way and doing it in that way but i haven't played in one of those games where i've been able to do that myself yeah i mean i there is a plot line that is running through dean doctorates that ben has talked to me i'm not going to talk too much about it because it's it's 
TBD. But uh, secret, 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 secret squirrels. Um, but like, there is a plotline that is running there that like we've talked about because I'm like, I don't, I don't have a problem playing this. I am just concerned that it is not given we are putting this out to the public, whether it is something that we should be playing out. And it's also uh, quite different as well when you're playing with your private game and you can explore those things. But I would never, ever allow that storyline my um, my characters, well, my players chose if I was giving this to other people because I know that's a, it's a really difficult subject. It's a really mm. upsetting subject. And while it might be okay in my living room with my, or my dining room with my friends, I don't want other people to listen to that and then feel awful and I'm perpetuating that. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think that's, again, something that we are all cognizant of, which is great. Um, but yes. Nice. Does uh, Kiralee or Joe, I mean, I know, Debbie, you have so many things that you could happily be like, let's talk about all of the things. Um, do either of you have anything you wanted to talk generally about? I know that Kiralee, you've had less notice than everyone else, but... I guess one thing is, like, we're talking about voices for NPCs, but also um, just character in general with gender. Um, I I don't know if this has been everyone else's experience, but I've just found guys to be like, I don't know anything about being a girl, so how do I play a girl character either as a PC or as a DM, putting putting more NPC girls so they just divert to doing guys. And I don't know if you guys have input. Um, I'd be really interested to hear your input because normally I just say, yeah, it's cool to have, like, I don't know, a, a, a woman where being a woman is an integral part of her character, but also mm. take half your NPCs in the game and give them female, you know, or non-binary pronouns and you're good. Like, it, it doesn't actually have to change much about anything. They can still be aggressive. They can still have a deep voice. They can still have an accent. They can still be the leader of that army. They can still be, you know, the scary wizard. Like, you literally, if you want to, it's nice to have specifically written ones, but once when you're getting into it, just change the pronouns of the character. Like It literally changes nothing about the character except their name and gender yeah. half the time. Yeah, I have something to say about this, but it's related to my theatre background. So I did a show this time last year in Sydney um, for Mardi Gras uh, because we lucked out and we got some, some promo through Mardi Gras and stuff. Uh, and the character I played was written technically as a man uh, who has a relationship in one of the scenes with um, a character who is an actress. So he was he in theory is the senator. She's an actress. It's this sort of thing about relationships and power and, and all of this stuff. Uh, and we changed the gender uh, to female. So we had a queer relationship. I was the straightest member of that cast by a thousand miles. Like... <laughs> Mm, but I played her as a person. Um, I played her as a senator and therefore what motivations would a senator have to keep this relationship quiet, which is one of the things that that character wants to do. They want to keep the relationship quiet. A male character is going to have different reasons for doing that, but they're going to have the same effect because it's a script. I still have to say the same lines. I still have to do the same things. If you script, quote unquote, your NPCs or your PCs, like you can play any gender because you should rely predominantly on motivations and what they want. Mm. Um, that's a, I mean, I am a member of the thousand word backstory club. Like <laughs> I write backstory, <laughs> but you don't need that. Um, the character I played today did not have any of that. I had like the world's smallest amount because I actually wanted, I needed to know where she came from. She came from the city. So I needed to have some information about that. I don't know what her degree is in because it didn't matter. <laughs> like, 
functionally yeah. that character for what I knew that we were likely to be like I, I would have made something up like it was fine I could have yeah. been there but like I didn't need that today mm. I needed to know where she was from and to know how she would interact with other people yeah. and I, I think I called her the Swiss army friend i.e. she's the one who's mm. going to get in there help you with kind of whatever you need whether yes, it's building did. a piece of furniture mm-hmm. cooking a meal needing a hug like yeah. she's the Swiss army knife of friends um, that's all I needed to know she could have been a guy she wasn't because mm. this was International Women's Day and duh it doesn't matter the point is that that's kind of what she ended up being was based on what she wanted and i think if more people play their npcs and their characters like that i am a quest giver this is the quest i have i need you to go and get my son from this place Mm -hmm. i need you to go and get my money from that place okay your gender doesn't matter they're still your son (laughs) you still want the money your motivation i think in terms of npcs and their personalities being able to you know, it could just be a male or a female, it doesn't matter. The only other thing that I've really noticed is severely missing in a lot of the games I've played is mothers being mothers that aren't just like, oh, eat some food. But I'm like, I mean, I'm not a mother. I don't know what that's like, but I don't know what, I think in one of my games, I had a daughter and then I was suddenly like, okay, the motivation completely changes when when that comes along, even though I can't, I've not experienced it in real life. Um, and then looking at the games after that, when these mothers were doing these things, I was like, there is like this village is being attacked. Like there's no way that mother isn't, you know, furiously fighting that monster that is now about to attack her daughter, you know? Um, And I've really noticed that as a a role that is very distinctly woman, that is not explored as much in games or is not as present as much in games. And I'm like, an an adventurer who is a mother either looking for their child or like one of the ones that I wanted, which ironically her name was Meredith and she was a dwarf. Um, She was going to be um, like a farmer. All her kids had grown up and moved away and her adventuring was going around and visiting all of her children. But she was going to be so like, she was a cleric. She was really strong and all of that because she was a mother and a farmer. There's no way she wouldn't. No, kick butt. Yeah, absolutely. Kick butt, take names. Yeah, exactly. And um, she'd have some killer upper body strength. Oh man, she would. Right? Yeah, and, and, yeah, exactly. And good old hips. Like she's got some exactly. squats going every day. Like yeah. And so I think sometimes I see in RPGs and not just RPGs in literature and things like that, the strong women are just men who look like women. They're not necessarily like, and I thought the whole motherhood thing, I'm like, you're strong. You were already strong, but motherhood Mm. is in of itself something that requires a lot of strength. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And I'd like to see more mothers in RPGs. That's really cute. I like the idea of putting more, I'm going to put more mums in. I've played with so many mums. I'm going to put more mums in. I think... I think one other thing we haven't mentioned is if we're talking about like reskinning the guys in your game as girls equally that that bar wench that could be a guy i can tell you yeah. if mm-hmm. you've got if you've got a, a table full of women uh, a really flirty male bar wench yes that works well well depending on you know yeah depending on the queerness range of the women you're playing with but mm-hmm. whatever like that works also you know the seamstress that can be a guy the person that needs rescuing that mm-hmm. can be a guy like equally like break down the to- mm-hmm. the toxic masculinity in your game like the vulnerable people in your game can also yeah, be men 100 mm-hmm. percent. there is something coming up in d and doctorates that will actually some of which will have been released by the time this goes to air wow <gasps> that uh that, that does 
just that <laughs> because <Yay>. we can. <laughs> um, and I will say, like, heads off, uh, hats off to, to Ben for doing some really good work in terms of of that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I, I have a personal fear of Harold's mother. Thanks to Ben. Um, <laughs> I feel personally, <laughs> I need a pin. <laughs> but like, I feel personally victimized by Harold's mother, <laughs> Gwendolyn. That'd be a good, um, a good pin. Oh, yeah, she's great. Oh, oh, oh. But yeah. All right. Well, um, load the way I'm to end this. Uh, and I know that we could talk all day, but I'm sure that, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're trying to keep this these to like an hour to an hour and a half because of you know, people who can't listen to us on the train. Um, I'm going to leave it there. Um, I'm just going to get everyone to go around and if people are looking for you somewhere on the internet and have more things that they want to ask you about, things we said, questions about the safety rules, things like that, where can people find us all on the internet? I'm going to start with Joe because I can go in alphabetical order. No, I can't. Debbie, go first and then <laughs> Joe because that's alphabetical <laughs> order because I, I failed like... at spelling. Sure. Um, hi, I'm Debbie and I'm a science communicator and currently forever DM. And if you want to know anything more about the games that I play or ask me anything at all, you can find me at Dr. Remo on Twitter. There we go. And now it's going alphabetical order because hey. I can do words. <laughs> I'm Jo, um, I play Meredith on um, Dungeons and Doctorates and I am also a science communication human. I teach other people how to set themselves on fire <laughs> safely and, <laughs> and, legally. Um, entertain, legally, and entertain a bunch of children um, and get them excited about science. And it's really cool. I get to play with the planetarium and it's a great time. Um, if you'd like to learn more about that, you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram as at JoMatrix, J-O-H, Matrix. I'm Kiralee Burnett. Um, I am teacher and I, uh, I run games for kids' birthdays and workshops in Canberra. You can find me on Twitter at Kiralee Burnett. And I also play a total in a game that is streamed online called Hit Dice Heroes, which you can find on Twitter at Hit Dice Heroes. And I have been Kate O'Sullivan. Uh, you can find me on all the things at O'Sullivan Kate. I now have TikTok apparently because <laughs> that's my life now. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a science presenter and educator of all things, um, and I'm an improviser as well. So happy to talk to anyone and everyone about all of the things because let's be real, the nerd energy is strong with this one. <laughs> So we're going to leave it there. Please tune in to a new episode of Dungeons and Doctorates coming this Thursday. But for now, happy International Women's Day and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.